Hi, this is Dr. Demento, and you're listening to TV Confidential. In some secluded rendezvous that overlooks the avenue. Ed Robertson wishing you a happy new year as we welcome you to a brand new edition of TV Confidential, a radio talk show about television that will kick off 2022 by welcoming Bill Hayes and Susan Seaforth Hayes in our second hour. Bill Hayes and Susan Seaforth Hayes, of course, the legendary stars of NBC's Days of Our Lives and the original super couple of daytime drama. Bill and Susan recently launched a website in which they reveal for the very first time some of the many, many secrets for a happy, fulfilling, long-lasting, and loving relationship. We'll talk about that and more when Bill Hayes and Susan Seaworth Hayes join us in our second hour. We'll be able to stay tuned for that. In the meantime, I am sure by now that all of you listening to this program are aware of the passing of Betty White. Betty White, the legendary actress, comedian, and talk show host whose long and diverse career in television literally dates back to the earliest days of television. Betty White passed away on New Year's Eve 2021 at the age of 99, just two weeks shy of her 100th birthday. We are putting together a formal program-length celebration of the life and career of Betty White that will air later in January on TV Confidential. In the meantime, we will air highlights from two recent conversations we had about Betty's career later on in the program this week. We hope you stay tuned for that as well. In the meantime, we will start off our first hour by talking about Spike almost, <laughs> I almost said Spike Lee. <laughs> Talk about Spike, Spike Jones, Spike Jones, the legendary band leader and musical satirist who, if you are of a certain age, likely discovered for the first time through the Dr. Demento radio show. Although in my case, I discovered Spike Jones for the first time as a result of a box of old 45s that my parents kept in the piano room of the house that I grew up in in San Francisco. And so I I, I discovered, I, I actually am old enough to say I discovered Spike Jones because of his records, although the influence of Dr. Demento cannot be understated. Uh, Spike Jones's influence in comedy and satire paved the way for the likes of Monty Python, Jimmy Buffett, George Carlin, Peter Sellers, and arguably, most notably, Weird Al Yankovic. Joining us now is Jordan Young. Jordan is a playwright and author whose many books on entertainment history include Spike Jones Off the Record. Spike Jones Off the Record, The Man Who Murdered Music, a comprehensive history and discography of Spike Jones that has been completely updated and reissued with a host of new material, including more than 260 never-before-published photographs, scripts, arrangements, memorabilia, and a whole lot more. We'll tell you where you can find Jordan's book in just a second. Jordan Young, welcome to TV Confidential. Thank you, Ed. Good to be here. Being an author and a reader of books on entertainment history, I'm always interested in the backstory of how certain books came to be, how certain authors discovered, you know, first stoked their interest in the subject or show or film that they write about. I understand in a lot of ways... Spike Jones off the record started as a result of a happy accident and a discovery you made in a furniture store. Yes, uh, actually, 
before that, I had met uh, Doodles Weaver at a banquet. I had met uh, Mickey Katz when I interviewed him for the LA Times. And I met one of Spike's writers, Eddie Brandt, because he had a uh, memorabilia shop. Which just closed because of COVID, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> uh, yeah. I was writing pieces for the LA Times, but I... Uh, so I, after I met the th- the th- those three, I, I got the idea that I should round up people that had worked with Spike and do an article. And then I realized it was really a book idea. And it wasn't until I got a call from my then wife's cousin about this uh, furniture store. in uh, a, a used furniture store slash uh, junk shop in uh, West, uh, West Los Angeles. He told me they had a box of Spike Jones sheet music. And when I went out there, I discovered instead the guys in the back office, the guy had six big plastic file drawers of material. And they were not just sheet music. They were the arrangements that were used by the band. Or at least I would say the remnants of the music library. A lot of it is gone. But... uh, uh, these are uh, some of them were in pencil. They went all the way back to about 1941 uh, when the record started. The uh, business correspondence. He never threw anything away. So there were carbon copies of uh, a tremendous amount of uh, business correspondence. Uh, not a lot of photographs, but uh, a handful. But uh, it was really the, uh, the the business memos and uh, letters and things. When I saw that, I said, now I have to do the book. There's, there's no way I get out of it now. You know, There are no excuses once you make a, a serendipitous find like that. And that serendipitous find uh, resulted in Spike Jones off the record. Spike Jones off the record, the man who murdered music, uh, now available, fourth edition, totally reissued, updated uh, through our friends at Bear Manor Media, including... Uh, new interviews, new material, uh, interviews with many of Spike Jones's legendary accomplices, which include the incomparable Doodles Weaver. I'm going to ask you about Doodles in just a second, as well as uh, such other TV icons as Billy Barty, Kay Ballard, Bud York, and Eddie Brandt, who Jordan just mentioned, Mike Wallace of CBS very, very briefly, and many, many others. Spike Jones, off the record, available BearManorMedia.com as well as Amazon.com. Okay, you mentioned talking to Doodles. So you were you knew who Doodles was and you knew his connection to Spike Jones, but my guess is you became a fan of Spike Jones even before that. I, I, I don't know when I first saw Doodles Weaver. I, 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 I probably was already familiar with him before I first heard Spike's uh, work. I'm not really sure. I can tell you specifically that I... I discovered Spike as a result of, let's see, I was 13. We just moved into a new house. This is in North Orange County. And uh, my friends came over to use the pool. As they would they would do a lot during the summer. They would, you know, happily come over and use the, the pool all the time on the weekends. And uh, they pulled up my driveway with their Fuhrer's face blaring out of their, <laughs> their car, I guess an eight-track tape. And... Uh, I just flipped over it, and my cousin just recently told me that he played it for his uh, 14- or 15-year-old grandson, and the kid flipped over it, just couldn't get enough of it. So this is really great to hear that uh, the, uh, the younger generation 
say what you will about their taste in music, the Spikes, uh, what Spike did was so wonderful and crazy and uh, uh, awe-inspiring, if you will, that uh, the younger generation still gets a kick out of it. So uh, anyway, that was my introduction to Spike. And I, uh, whether I, I had probably seen Doodles before that, but I met him at a banquet uh, he has a bit part in a Laurel and Hardy picture called Squiz Miss. And so he was invited to this, uh, this banquet by the Laurel and Hardy Appreciation Society. And I guess he was standing in line in front of me or something. And I, I sort of uh, maneuvered uh, things so that I was sitting at the table with him. And I, I, you know, immediately I thought, let's pump him for Spike Jones anecdotes. And he kept me laughing so hard, I never got the chance. He was doing all kinds of crazy things during dinner. He had some LPs with him. He just put out an LP called Beetle Bomb Returns. And he peeled the shrink wrap off of one of the LPs and uh, wrapped up the uh, baked potato and pocketed it. <laughs> and uh, that, that was probably one of the uh, one of the saner or more practical things he did that night. But he uh, anyway... Uh, uh, Doodles, uh, before I forget, you know, the, the Spike's first uh, live television appearance was on the Colgate Comedy Hour, 1951, February of 51. And he's doing, it's basically the musical depreciation review, the stage show. And it's it's very well rehearsed. It's, it's you know, everything is timed out of the splits, split second with Spike. And the only thing that wasn't over rehearsed or rehearsed right down to the, the minute was they did this uh, live commercial for Ajax uh, cleanser and doodles has got this, this thing and he's, he's spilling it all over himself. And uh, just kind of, he's uh, at least partly ad living. And uh, it's the funniest thing on the show by far. And uh, Spike got upset with it because he, uh, you know, guys would, it would ad lib occasionally on the stage show, but here, you know, especially being the very first, you know, TV debut, Spike is nervous as hell. Yeah. Uh, doing live TV and Doodles is improvising. And uh, the Ajax people loved it. The guys in the band loved it. But Spike wasn't that happy about it. <laughs> you can see this, by the way, if you on the, uh, the DVD box set, Spike Jones, The Legend, which I highly recommend because that has the first two Colgate shows on it. It has the... Uh, I think the all-star review has a lot of good stuff on there. And if you, if you pick up, if you screen any of the uh, Spike Jones uh, uh, DVDs, you, you definitely want to make sure you have a copy of Jordan's book, Spike Jones off the record, now completely revised through Bear Manor media. Uh, Spike Jones off the record sheds light on the niche that Spike Jones inhabited in the entertainment world and the circumstances in which he worked also includes a comprehensive discography including um, uh, many, many photographs that have never been published before, many, many itineraries from Spike Jones' popular stage show from the 1940s, look at Jones's uh, television career, his movie career, much, much more. Spike Jones, off the record, the man who murdered music, available, bearmannermedia.com as well as amazon.com. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. You mentioned Drafur's face a little earlier in our conversation. I understand in many ways that's what put Spike Jones on the map. 
Yeah, absolutely. That was what really launched it. We'd been doing uh, making recordings for our uh, RCA picture for about a year, not really going anywhere. And uh, Dear Fear's Face was a song that was written for a Donald Duck cartoon. And he got hold of it and he recorded it. And uh, uh, really, the, the, the timing was uh, incredible because the uh, musicians' union had uh, decided that they would were going to ban all recordings. Uh, the head of the musicians' union, uh, Jim Petrillo, was this uh, kind of a sour, uh, yeah, really a frustrated musician. Uh, but his uh, his thing was he 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 felt that uh, both radio and recordings were uh, were hurting musicians' ability to pursue their livelihood it was taking money out of their pockets he wanted to destroy both radio and uh and the radio industry and the recording industry that's that uh, that sounds very short uh, short-sighted but go on <laughs> yeah in fact he'd already he'd been head of the chicago uh, union before this and he'd done it but uh anyway so 1942 he enforces this ban uh it lasted two years and Spike recorded their Fury's face about three days before the the uh, the uh, band started. Uh, and if he hadn't done that, uh, I mean, their Fury's face really was was an overnight hit, and it really kept them alive for those two years while they couldn't make any new recordings. Without that, I I don't know that they would have uh, weathered the uh, hiatus. Uh, so the the, uh, the the movie came out and uh, won an Oscar. Uh, really promoted on the success of the record because the, the original title of the cartoon was Donald Duck and Axis Land. <laughs> but the, the, the Spike's record was such a big hit that Disney had to change the name of the film. Uh, and anyway, that's that really did get him started. Uh, Cocktails for Two, of course, two years later, uh, became his biggest hit. The stage show was really, it was like a traveling circus all over the country. Uh, to travel Pullman trains, and that was really the uh, Spike Jones uh, enterprise at its peak. Uh, that we still have the records today. Of course, the uh, the records are really the uh, is really on fire from about you know f- especially from about forty four to on. But uh, television, he was always a little out of sync with TV. Although, although in fairness. I think part of that was TV did not always know what to do with Spike Lee. I mean, on Spike with Spike Jones. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's true. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And also, we have to consider this television was in its, its infancy then. The cameras are not really able to keep up with him. Mm-hmm. Never having done TV before, especially with the, uh, the, the, uh, the Colgate, he doesn't realize his... Uh, his show is just much too fast for television. Yeah, it can't keep the, literally the, those big clunky cameras could not keep up with him. Uh, so it's just missing a lot of the uh, missing a lot. And then the second show, which is also on that uh, that DVD box set, Spike Jones the Legend, uh, is really interesting because it's a complete disaster. Yes, and it's not it's not it wasn't Spike's fault. The master electrician dropped dead of a heart attack and, and collapsed over the keyboard during the show. Live television. During this live, during this live show. Yeah. And so, you know, complete chaos. 
uh, especially because they have a moving, it's just kind of like a big lazy Susan, you know, this revolving set. And so he collapses over the keyboard, over the, uh, the, 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 the master switchboard, and uh, everything is absolute chaos, uh, especially because they have, uh, there's, I think there's a, where were they? They were in New York, I think. Uh, there's a rule that you can't uh, move the body until the, until the uh, coroner gets there or something. And so you have police and, and all sorts of people traipsing through the, the set and uh, while this live show is going on. And you couldn't uh, even, and, and I mean, today, if something like that were to happen, or even five years later, if something like that were to happen, you wouldn't know about it. You wouldn't know about it because someone in the booth would say, okay, put up some sort of visual. Please yeah. stand by, technical difficulty. They didn't do that because they didn't think of doing that, you know. So well, the the the, uh, the visual was a uh, one of the one of the, uh, the the visuals was a uh, Bill King the juggler uh, sitting there eating a can of peas with a knife. He told me he ate the whole damn can of uh, <laughs> the camera on him. Yeah, you know? Bill King is one of the many many voices uh, that. Uh, Jordan captures in his excellent uh, biography discography of Spike Lee. Spike Lee off the record now complete. Uh, that's 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 three. Ed. You're kidding. All right. <laughs> yeah, this 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 is Murphy's law. Once you start thinking about something, it just because it just psychologically camps in your head. Spike Jones off the record. Spike Lee off the record would be a complete would be a completely completely that different book. That would be book. interesting too. Uh, Spike Jones, oh, Spike Jones off the record. Not, not to not to be confused with the uh the film director Spike oh, Jones. Oh, oh, please don't get me started. Uh, yeah. uh Spike Spike Jones off the record the man who murdered music revised fourth edition by our guest Jordan Young. Spike Jones off the record available wherever books are sold online through our friends at Bear Manor Media and as Jordan mentioned Spike first two television appearances on the Colgate Comedy Hour are part of the Spike Jones The Legend DVD box set, which I'm sure you can find on Amazon.com. Take a quick time out. We will regroup ourselves, and then we'll continue our conversation with Jordan Young here on TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk tvconfidential.net talk at tvconfidential.net you can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential x.com forward slash tvconfidential or at tvconfidential on instagram and if you're listening to us on the tv confidential podcast please be sure to hit the subscribe button this portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.